The views and opinions expressed on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of Jam Media Solutions or this radio station. From the Jam Media Solutions studios in Nags Head, North Carolina, it's Living Life with Laura. Now, here's Laura. Welcome back to Hour 2. It's Living Life with Laura on Beach 104 and 94.5 WCMS. I'm Laura Smith, and wow, I can't believe it. This uh, The year has been flying by, and here we are at the beginning of the summer. But more importantly, on a Memorial Day weekend, it's as much as we you know, see this as a, an opportunity to relax and be with friends and, and uh, party it up, basically. It's also such a time of great reflection and gratitude for those who have given their ultimate sacrifice to this country and we're just so blessed and grateful for um all of our our uh veterans and 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 people who have gone before and have uh like i said given their ultimate sacrifice to keep us safe to keep us free um that's what it's about so grateful to everyone on that note this morning but once again, it, you know, it is uh, the official start of the summer, or the unofficial start, I should say. Um, and uh, what better way than to help celebrate who doesn't love wine? Well, I can tell you one thing. I am, and I am so excited uh, to have John Rohrer here today. He is winemaker and partner of OBX Winery. Duncan McRae is also here, who is a partner in the business and uh, helps uh, people uh, on the beer front. So it's just wonderful to have you guys on Living Life with Laura. Good morning. Good morning, Laura. And we're tickled to death to be here, too. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much. So OBX Winery, such an incredible idea and uh, business that you have. How do you go to work every day and not just and think it's even a job? I mean, it sounds like just way too much fun. Tell us how it started and what it's all about, John Rohr. I would love to hear your story. Well, we have been hobby winemakers and homebrewers for a number of years before we decided to retire to the Outer Banks. Duncan is a home brewer, so he's our beer specialist, and his wife Lorraine and I are basically winemakers. And when we moved to the Outer Banks, we loved the climate down here, we loved the people, but there was no place to buy homebrew supplies. And we said, we've got to fix that. So that was our first challenge. We opened a little store, called it Hoppin' Grapes OBX, and the idea was to provide all of the ingredients and equipment and the knowledge and experience that people might want to have available to them if they wanted to make wine and beer at home. And, uh, Laura, I don't know if you're that familiar with this area down here, but the Outer Banks, Dare County area, was fairly well known back in Prohibition days as being sort of a haven for bootleggers. There was (laughs) one little settlement over in uh, Dare County on the mainland called Buffalo City, and it was pretty well known all over. And uh, they were probably bringing in molasses from the islands and making rum out of it and smuggling it north. So Uh the area kind of has a heritage of people making their own alcohol beverages, wine and beer. And uh, we just sort of fit right in with that concept. So we found Uh ourselves at home. I love it. Luckily for all of us, it's no more prohibition and we get to uh, enjoy the spoils of this. There's, there's, there's so many facets, um, to OBX winery though that I find just fascinating. So first of all, you're, you're giving people, um, the opportunity to, to get the supplies to make their own. So it's not like you're just trying to co-opt and be the only wine store in town because you, you do sell your own wines, right? 
That's correct. We actually yeah. are the only federally bonded permitted winery that's ever been on the Outer Banks. The issues for big commercial wineries are environmentally in nature. You can't do industrial manufacturing processes in a commercial area that has no industrial wastewater capability. So it turned out that the way we made wine at home fits in absolutely with the conditions that are here. So we tell people when they come in, if you've ever been in one of those restaurants that has a sign on the wall that says homemade apple pie, and you think to yourself, oh, that's got to be the best apple pie around. Right. Wine is the same way. Homemade wine is as close to natural and probably as good as you can get. And you can do it yourself if you want to learn how. Right. Now, you said you don't have a vineyard, so there must be a process by, by which you have all the right ingredients anyway. Um, so are, are these... Are they safe? Are they chemical-free? Are they delicious? Like, tell us a little bit about the ingredients that you use. Well, that's actually true, uh, Laura. The ingredients that we use are what are called wine must concentrates. The grape juice or actually anything that you use in making some kind of wine is called must. And what happens now is that big commercial vineyards all over the world actually will grow the grapes, and then they will harvest them, crush them, and concentrate the juice, which makes it easier to ship. The co-location of wineries and vineyards in the past had been because vineyards could not ship grapes very far. They're just very fragile, and sure. uh, they would kind of destroy themselves under their weight being shipped around. So the, the wineries were located next to vineyards. But growing grapes, being an agricultural business, has its ups and downs. Some years are great, and some years are not so great, which is one of the reasons you see a lot of wines listed with the vintage on it, so people can tell whether or not that wine came from one of the years they're looking for that was a good one. When right. the grapes are concentrated under vacuum is how they do it, it doesn't change the actual nature of the juice itself. What it does is just make it more concentrated and easier to ship. Mm -hmm. Now, the biggest problem with growing grapes, if the weather is not nice to the grapes, for instance, if they get rained on ahead of time being harvested, the sugar content gets diluted. And if you have, say, 20,000 gallons of grape must that does not have enough sugar content, what are you going to do with it? You're going to make wine that really is probably going to have to be blended over some period of time mm -hmm. after it has a chance to recover the nature of, that you're looking for, the sugar and flavor. And usually that's done by putting that grape must or the wine after it's been made into big oak barrels. And I'm sure any of you folks out there listening that have ever been to a winery have seen those big oak barrels lining the wall. Mm -hmm. Those oak barrels are the traditional way of fixing something that was wrong with the wine. And the idea was that about 10% of whatever liquid was in that barrel would evaporate every year. So that's one way of removing water from it. And over time, the grape juice would get stronger, the wine would get stronger, and then they would be able to make something that they could blend with and make a satisfactory wine out of it. Mm -hmm. What we discovered with technology that's available today is it's a lot easier to fix the grape juice than it is to fix the wine. So just what we're basically doing is going out and shopping for the juice that is perfect for the wines we want to make. And fortunately, there are a lot of suppliers that provide that sort of thing. And I think you'll see this happening more and more with the wine industry because if you stop and think about it, some grapes will only grow in certain areas. And it's very, very similar to what happens with breweries. 
uh, hops and grain malt will go, only grow in certain conditions. Mm-hmm. So most of the big breweries don't actually grow any of the ingredients. They actually go out and shop for them with the experts located where the best ones are produced. And the same thing is becoming true with wineries. Virtually all of the wineries in our area actually buy a significant amount of juice or grapes from other locations because those locations are much better at growing the grapes they're looking for. I see. And so, wow, I mean, this it's a real science and an art. Not, you know, not everybody um, has the, the expertise to, to do just the right thing. But so how many years have you actually been making wine, John? Um, is it for a very long time or is this a relatively new passion? Well, I guess it depends on how old you are, whether it seems like a uh, relatively long time. I started making wine back in about 1999, so I've been doing it about 20 years. That uh-huh. didn't seem so long to me. <laughs> yeah, but, no, not at all. But okay, so you now you're able to make your own. But what I find so interesting about OBX Winery is the fact that people can customize the wine to their own palate. So in other words, like I'm a person, I like fruit forward, um, unless it's a Chardonnay, then I like it very oaky. I don't like the fruit at all. So what you have told me is that you can actually at OBX Winery, I can have you make or I will learn how to make the wine that is just perfect for me. And we're going to be able to replicate that. So how do you how do you do that? So anybody coming into the store into OBX Winery is going to actually be able to customize their own wine, not just the label, but the actual taste and the flavor of the wine. That's correct, Laurie. You're absolutely right on with that. And the reason for that, one of the limitations we had, which actually turns out to become an advantage, is we make everything in small batches by hand. Uh, Duncan is the heavy lifter of our group. He's, he's the athlete. So he's the one that has to pick these fermenters up off the floor and put them back up on the shelf after we rack the wines off to clarify them. So the small uh, amount of wine in each one, our biggest fermenters are 25 gallons, we can make small batches of wine to someone's specific taste. For instance, we had a young lady come in back in 2014 in the spring with her dad, and she wanted to pick out some wines for her wedding party, which was about two months later than that. And uh, we they picked out a number of the sweeter wines we make, which tend to be the most popular ones. But she was disappointed that we did not make a mall back at the time. And I told her, back, I said, you yeah. know what? We've got two months until the wedding, and I can make you anything you want in that length of time. Let's pick something out. We'll make it for you. And she picked out a Chilean Malbec. We ended up making her two cases of that, putting her own special wedding labels on it, and everybody was absolutely satisfied and fascinated by that. And so that's our reputation today. If somebody wants to come in and get a personalized gift made or something for a special event, you know, this area is a really big wedding venue. So oh, we yes. actually make wines for a lot of the weddings with kind of the the uh, pictures on there before and after the pr- the proposal type situation oh, and then the cute. wedding situation. Yeah. And they make wonderful mementos for the people to keep thereafter. Absolutely. You know, when you go to weddings and there's often like a party favor at the table or something, how, boy, how great would that be? You get to come home with a bottle of wine and uh, to 
you know, I think it's just brilliant. And the fact that you can do them personalized there, including the wine itself personalized. I just think it's amazing. Well, you have this uh, wonderful partner, Duncan McRae and his wife, Lorraine, and they have an amazing story. So I would love to hear it. Um, Duncan, would you like to tell us how you got involved with John Rohrer and OBX Winery and what you bring to the table? No pun intended. Sure, Laura. No problem at all there. Uh, we uh, were living in Florida for a very long time, and uh, actually it was uh, Lorraine's grandchildren that drove us to move north up into the Fredericksburg area. And once we got there, uh, we were living for a while, and uh, through the, the miracle of Facebook, Lorraine was able to hook up with John after 45 years, was it, John? Well, it was 1967, so it's been over 50 years now. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my goodness. So they, they started talking to each other through Facebook, just catching up, and they said, well, what do you do, and, and what do you do? And it's like, well, we make wine. So I make wine, too. It's like, how about moving to the Outer Banks, and we'll make wine. And so we said... Sounds like a plan. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is incredible. But you are actually uh, involved in brewing beer, correct? I I like to claim that title, but uh, it has been a while since I've had a chance to do it. Once you uh, move to the Outer Banks, you find that uh, you work two or three jobs just to keep your head above water. So actually, I have a a full-time job working for another company. So I get to come into the, the winery after work a couple hours and the occasional Saturday so I don't get to spend as much time in there as I like, and I don't get to spend hardly any time actually brewing beer anymore. I have all the equipment and all the, the ingredients to make it with. It's just a matter of time. Uh, John has actually brewed beer since the last time I have brewed it, which yeah. is really really puts a torque in my jaw, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we actually have an uh, organization down here, Laura, and it has both the Facebook page and website, the Outer Banks Home Brewers. And they are a club of people whose main hobby is making beer. And uh, Duncan, of course, is a member of that and goes to do that. And uh, they come use our store, of course, as a resource. Where we are, it's fairly expensive to ship ingredients, particularly inexpensive ingredients like grain malt. But the fact that we buy pallet loads of stuff makes it much more reasonable. So we're actually trying to serve as a resource for the local people that have the same kind of hobbies that we did. And that's how the store really uh, got started and became known down here. The winemaking part, actually starting a winery, was interesting because nobody thought it could be done since nobody had ever done it before. But uh, we, we found enough uh, little exceptions in the various codes in order to be do, to do that, and it's worked out very, very well. The uh-huh. town and the other folks uh, have been really great uh, to help us, and it's been very well received down here if you... Uh, ever go online and, and take a look at some of the reviews and things we get, you think people are amazed at the fact that we can do what we do. But actually, we can teach anybody to do that. And that's what we're out to do is to help people who right. want to learn how to make wine, want to make beer. And there's a reason for that kind of hobby. Duncan, tell them about the, uh, your, your feeling about the hobbies, how people, when they make crafts and stuff oh, like well, that. For <laughs> sure, John. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I always say is, is making beer or wine, for that matter, is, is absolutely one of the best hobbies in the entire world. I mean, you consider if you if you knit, okay, you make a scarf or a hat for somebody. It's like, it's like, hey, I made this nice scarf for you. Do you want it? I'm like, oh no, not really. Or or the woodworkers, you know, they make a a, a nice uh, table or or a chest or something like that. You know, it's like, oh, I put a lot of time in this, but I really don't have any room for it. Do you want it? Well, no, I don't have room for it either. Yeah, you you, uh, <laughs> you make beer though, on the other hand, and you get some beer going on. Say, like, hey, I just made this beer. We're gonna try it. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. Bring Bring it it on. on. That's so true. And, you know, there's just a sense of, uh, you know, 
camaraderie and so much happens over have glasses of wine and glasses of beer. I'm so excited to have you guys on today. John Rohrer, winemaker and partner of OBX Winery and also uh, one of his partners, Duncan McCray, is here too. You guys have an interesting story that we're going to get to right after the break about um, also helping some other partners create their own winery operation. They have a wonderful, beautiful story. And you've got a lot more to talk about when it comes to making your own wine, creating your own winery, whatever it is. You guys have all the knowledge and backup. And lucky for us in the Outer Banks that we get to have you here as well. I'm Laura Smith. This is Living Life with Laura on a Memorial Day weekend. Come right on back. Call with your questions now. 252 449 More of Living Life with Laura is coming up on Beach 104 and 94.5 WCMS. This OBX Today traffic update is brought to you by Kellogg Supply. Building relationships for over 70 years in Manteo, Kildevil Hills, Duck, and Edenton. Online at kelloggsupplyco.com. Our Saturday begins with mostly passive travel conditions seen in both directions on Route 168-158 from the Virginia-North Carolina state line to the Wright Memorial Bridge. Expect below-speed limit travel in residential areas. Expect below-speed limit travel in Southern Shores Kitty Hawk in both directions and congestive conditions at the Duck Route 12 intersection in all directions. Expect periods of well below-speed limit travel and moving congestive conditions in both directions on the bypass local 158 in, in Kitty Hawk, Hill Double Hills, Hills and Nags Head. Please avoid distractions like cell phone use while driving. You need to focus. Do not text while driving. Drive safe. Find more info on your hub for everything Outer Banks. OBXToday.com. I'm Milo Spriggs. Kitty Hawk Kites is your first stop for the best in name brand apparel, top OBX gear, and for the largest toy stores and kite shops on the Outer Banks. This is a summer of good vibes and positive energy. Help pull a pound of trash from the ocean by picking out a four ocean bracelet from any Kitty Hawk Kites, Kitty Hawk Surf Company, or Life is Good store. Deck out your wrist with a Colors for Good bracelet, helping support their mission of making the world a better place. Speaking of positivity, stop by a local Life is Good store to check out all of their optimistic clothing and accessories. Share something good and help Life is Good raise a million dollars for kids in need. Looking for Baby Shark? Kitty Hawk Kites has it! Baby Shark plush toys, books, and apparel. Kitty Hawk Kites also has the best selection of footwear and apparel, including Hey Dude, Ulakai, and Sanuk, Yeti tumblers and coolers, and more. With locations from Kerala to Ocracoke, Kitty Hawk Kites has a location convenient to wherever you are on the Outer Banks. Visit kittyhawk.com to find a store near you. Beach 104 on the streets. Hey, this is Jody broadcasting live at the Hatteras Island Cancer Foundation annual Paddle Palooza. It's at Ocean Air Sports in Avon, and there's multiple events catering to all ages and ability levels. Uh, the big race is actually a 5K, but there's also a one-mile downwinder. That's like for the beginners and the kids. And then uh, we also have Poe House Restaurant that will be doing wraps up from 12 to 1. And then we have a five-mile at Downwinder at four o'clock this afternoon. In case you're into stand up paddle boarding, you're like, wait, that sounds like fun and it's for a great cause, the Hatteras Island Cancer Foundation. And then there's the Sunset Social at Ocean Air, which is here, Ocean Air Sports in Avon, North Avon to be specific. 
But this is a great event. I mean, there's people ready to have some fun. One of the races getting ready to start right now. But again, it's a terrific cause, the Hatteras Island Cancer Foundation. Also, a big thanks to the Outer Banks Visitors Bureau for uh, helping out. If you got any questions about this event, because it's going on all day long, you can call Ocean Air Sports at 252-995-5000. That's the Hatteras Island Cancer Foundation Ninth Annual Paddle Palooza. And yes, there are, you know, raffle items, absolutely. Just so much fun, and this is something for the whole family to do. Pull on in. You'll be glad you did. This is a great way to spend your Saturday afternoon. This is Jody with Beach 104. This is Dr. Howard, founder and formulator of Balance of Nature. We're changing America one life at a time. Well, and I have different vitamins I had to take because of my post-cancer, post-cardiac situation. But um, the Balance of Nature, uh, I mean, that being so condensed and so natural, and uh, you know, it's amazing stuff. I haven't felt this good in seven or eight years. I would not be able to do... A third of any of this stuff, uh, like after I started taking balance of nature, I started to have more energy. It, yeah, it's a godsend. It really is. Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. For a limited time, all new preferred customers will receive an additional 15% discount and free shipping on your first balance of nature order. Call 800 800- Two four six eight seven five one, or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code Laura. Living Life with Laura continues now on Beach 104 and 94.5 WCMS. Wacka, welcome back to our uh, Memorial Day weekend uh, extravaganza here on Living Life with Laura. It's, it's so good to be with you. By all means, feel free to call in if you have any questions for John Rohr and Duncan McRae of OBX Winery, 252-449-4104, 449-4104, and uh, get your questions answered. I just find it absolutely amazing, um, this business idea that is just so great. Actually, a federal-bonded winery and homebrew supply store, they give wine tastings they teach people how to make wine they sell the supplies so people can make their own and they also have their own line of wines so much to talk about so little time john and duncan thanks so much for being here again let's uh keep going and i i know that you have other partners as well and they have a really beautiful story and and they're helping you um the rulies tell us about the rulies and and how they're contributing also uh to obx winery now well, Laura, this is actually is a very fascinating story. Uh, it started really because about 10 years ago, I volunteered to become a business mentor with SCORE, which is a volunteer corps under the Small Business Administration. And mm-hmm. what we do is help people start businesses and help them make them efficient and more profitable. So I'm kind of geared toward trying to help folks become successful in something that they enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, two years ago in March, one Sunday afternoon, when the winery is technically closed, there was a knock at the door, and I was there doing some bottling, so I went out front, opened up, and there was a charming young couple standing there, Stephen and Kimberly Ruley, and uh, they said they were in town for their anniversary and wondered if it might be possible for them to have a wine tasting. And, of course, I said, certainly, come on in. I'd be glad to do that for you. So they came in and tried some of our wines, and we chatted back and forth. And they are absolutely fascinating 
they are both of Italian lineage, and their families had a lot of winemakers in them. Well, what happened then is Stephen Kimberly got back in touch with me and said, we would like to learn how to do what you do. And I suggested, well, why don't you folks come over when you have a chance and work with us sort of like interns, and we will teach you everything we know about this. And that's what they did. Last year, about every other weekend or so, they would drive over from Rayford, which is over near Fayetteville, North Carolina, and Fort mm-hmm. Bragg. Now, the interesting coincidence is both of these young folks are Army veterans from being con- connected with Fort Bragg. In fact, Kimberly still is. Kimberly is a Black Hawk helicopter pilot. My goodness. And she manages the helicopter repair service at Fort Bragg. Stephen was an Army Ranger, you know, that's Special Forces. And they met in Afghanistan. Stephen would go jump out of airplanes into hot zones, and then Kimberly would have to go fly a helicopter in and get him out again. So that's how they met. Wow. uh, They've been married about three years now. And they just had a beautiful little daughter named Melia, and they're coming to visit us tomorrow with everybody. So they, after learning what we taught them, got together, found the location, and December 1st of last year, they opened Rockfish Creek Winery. That is their operation, and it's in Rayford, North Carolina. They make the same wines we do, but they are obviously overachievers from their background. So they are coming up with all kinds of interesting new wines that we just find fascinating. One that we got as a sample from them about a week ago when they were here is a, they call it Cafe Pino. It's a Pino Noir fermented with coffee. And it has this very subtle sensation, aroma of coffee. And everybody that's tried it just loves it. So obviously we're going to have to add that to our lineup too. But they are just going gangbusters over there. They're having a great time with it. Uh, They're out at the North Carolina Wine Festival today up in Winston-Salem. So they're out promoting the business again. And what we're looking for is other folks that may be in areas that are conducive to this type of business, understanding that they don't have to be someplace where grapes grow well. Because coastal properties usually do not have the conditions for growing grapes. Uh, There are other places that are just too hot or too cold. And honestly, since you can make this wine anywhere, there's no reason not to start one wherever you have a hankering to do business and where you have a group of people that might be interested in your products. Hello. Hello. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. We've been informed that uh, Laura has been disconnected temporarily, okay. so we're just going to keep on talking. Okay. One of the things that uh, Laura and I had chatted about I'm earlier. Ba- I'm back, though. Are you? Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Sorry about that. Sure. I'm so sorry. You must have thought, wow, she's not very interested in the story. I was. I, I lost you right uh, when you were talking about how the Rulies met. But go ahead. You can continue the story, and I'm, I'm here. Actually, I actually completed the story about, about how they got started. <laughs> in fact, they opened Rockfish Creek Winery. In um, yes, about a, well, it was December first of last year, like that. And uh, one of the ones that actually makes our wineries different, the thing that makes them work the way they do, is as I was explaining to the audience, that we don't have to be in a place where grapes grow well, because out where we are on the coastal plain, the water table is so high and the humidity is so high, grapes just have a struggle doing it. 
We mm-hmm. uh, have a couple of things that we do that are fun in addition to helping people start businesses and just making wine itself and, of course, enjoying wine after hours. Mm-hmm. We actually have started uh, four years ago an annual cruise called the Outer Banks Winos Cruise. And what we did was invite <laughs> customers and family and friends to go along with us. Lorraine, uh-huh. when she was living down in Florida, was a travel agent. And so she knows a lot of people with various cruise lines. And she yes. hooked up with one of them and put together a package that was very, very enticing. So four years ago, they did the first OBX Winos cruise with about 22 people. The okay. year after that, we had about 36 people. This last January, we had 64 people. Now, oh you have goodness. to picture this. When we go into the terminals to get on the ship, we make uniquely colored T-shirts for every one of the people going. So we've got this mass of colored T-shirts, and it makes it easiest for, for us to find each other. Sure. Now, our logos are on the front of it, and on the back of it, it has a little tagline that says, the forecast for the week is cruising with a 100% chance of drinking. <laughs> so everybody gets a kick out of it. Well, before we got home from this last cruise, January of this year, the Norwegian Cruise Line agent called us, called Lorraine, and she said, you're not going to believe this, but 112 people have already signed up for next January. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. And it's only, it was right after the cruise happened in January? Right. People were calling her from the airport and from taxis on the way to the airport. She was absolutely amazed and, of course, you know, completely overwhelmed. We actually will be occupying the entire midship's 10th <gasps> level deck on uh, Norwegian's newest ship this year called the Encore. So oh. we are really looking forward to that. That it's sounds just be like so t-shirts. much fun. Yeah. How many how many days are you out at sea? And what are some of the activities besides drinking wine? Um, <laughs> well, what is it that you do that makes people want to come back like immediately? Well, we actually, of course, we have a great time. We have a, a great package put together. They give us the all-you-can-drink package. They also give us the specialty dining packages. We all get together in some of the specialty dining rooms and have group dinners. Uh, we, we just get together and have a fun time. The trips that we've been going on recently go all the way out to Tortola and then come back through the British oh. Virgins and the U.S. Virgins. Wow. And uh, we got a wild idea while we were there. We noticed that there were some new breweries starting up in those areas down there, but there were not any wineries because you can't grow grapes in those locations. So nobody thought of doing that. So obviously that started us thinking. We may have to do a little investigation and see about the possibility of Making a winery start down there because, you know, we would have to go visit it occasionally just to make sure things were going right. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. This is really incredible. So do you plan on opening more wineries sort of based on your model OBX winery there? Have you decided to do that? Well, we're, we're actually trying to get the interest of folks who may want to operate a business like this. And when the Rulies joined us, they actually became partners in our organization. So they're part of our company, which is called Outer Banks Winemakers, although they have their own little company, Rockfish Creek Winery, and then we have OBX Winery and Hopping Grapes OBX, of course. So what we're looking for are locations where there might be somebody interested in doing something like this. (laughs) One of the things that I thought of would really be great to do that is to, of course, continue up and down the coast with the various uh, tourist-related cities here. But there are some obvious places, too. Like, for instance, uh, up in Massachusetts, there's Martha's Vineyard. And Martha's Vineyard has the right name, but they don't have a winery. That would be a great place oh, to go start goodness. one. my goodness, absolutely. 
Oh, that's just incredible. I mean, where do you have enough hours in a day, John Rohr, to, to, to like figure all this out? Because you've got so much going on. What are your hours at OBX Winery? Tell us the different things that people can participate in and just everything. Well, we actually open officially as far as doing wine tastings at 11 o'clock in the morning through Friday, uh, 11 to 5, 11 in the morning to 5 in the afternoon, Tuesday through Friday. On Saturdays, we generally close at 4 o'clock because the folks coming here to stay for the week, and let me tell you about the traffic here on, on this island. This is a sandbar off the coast of North Carolina, obviously. The folks that live here number about 35,000 people. Now, even given time, any given time, there's about twice that many people here because there are a lot of folks that own rental properties down here that live elsewhere and come visit them in the off-season. But during the summertime, we get about 300,000 new visitors every weekend coming here. So what they're usually doing when they get here is start Googling for whatever they're looking to do that they enjoy. And we usually pop up right on the list of wineries when they do that. And so we have a lot of folks coming in that want to taste the wines, uh, want to learn about the business. Uh, Actually, at our location, they can not only do tastings, they can buy wines by the bottle or by the glass and sit and enjoy the uh, atmosphere there. We're about two blocks off the beach. And uh, the other things that they can do for us, for instance, if they uh, come in and they want to get a special gift, I mentioned that this was a big wedding venue here. A lot of times sure. they'll come in and say, well, I'm going to a wedding in two days. Could I get a couple of bottles of wine and put a picture of the bride and groom on there and give it to them as a present? And of course, we'll do that. Yes. We actually had a proposal in the winery about four weeks ago. A young really? man from up in Virginia called me, and I said, I'm coming down there. I've been to your winery before. I want to bring my intended uh, fiance as to bring her to a tasting and let her see what she thinks. Would you be so kind as to make me a bottle of wine with a picture on it and have it say, Anastasia, will you marry me? and present that at the tasting. Well, when he got here, that was on a Saturday afternoon, and we were full. We have seating for about 25 or 30 people in the tasting room. Uh And I went around and whispered to everybody. I said, watch over in the corner what's going to happen. So when they finished their tasting, I brought that bottle of wine out, and he turned it around, she saw the label, and just gasped, of course. And then he got down on the knee with the ring and proposed... (sighs) And what could she say? Everybody stood up and clapped. (laughs) And he said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take this bottle of wine to our hotel room, and we're going to have that tonight, and we're going to take it to the beach and fill it up with sand and keep it as a memento. And Uh, Lorraine thought about that, and she's very creative. She said, tell you what, when you do that, bring it back here, and we'll recork the bottle and put the capsule back on it. It'll be sealed up, and you'll have it forever. That is absolutely brilliant and beautiful. What a great story. I It's just so charming and wonderful. And, oh, boy. And when did that happen, you said? This was about a month ago on a Saturday okay. afternoon. So it's been pretty recent. Okay. Did they fill it up with sand and did you cork it? Yes, they did. Yes, they oh, did. that is just beautiful. And wow. Shortly short yes. before that, Laura, too, there was a, a lady that actually contacted us and said, my daughter... Uh, is having a wedding on, this was March 30th, when she was uh, planning for it. She said, I would like to get a couple of cases of wine for the wedding party and have labels put on for the tables for that. Mm-hmm. And we did that for her. The wedding went off fine. And the bride sent her mother back the next week after the wedding and said, you've got to go get me another case 
of that black cherry flavored Pinot Noir. One of the wines we make is called Swan Beach Sunset, and it's oh. Pinot Noir flavored, flavored with black cherry. Oh. I originally made that wine because being from Virginia, I happen to be very fond of country ham, and I was looking for a wine that would pair with country ham. But everybody loves it with chocolate. The cherry and the chocolate just make a great after-dinner pairing. So oh, I think that's goodness. what happened to it. It's, uh, it's actually become an after-dinner wine for people with you know, a glass of wine and a bowl of chocolate watching TV. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, do you, so, so tell us the variety, how many varieties you have and what are some of the names of them? I love, did you name that? The, the, what is it called again? Swan, Swan? Beach Sunset. Yes, I have a good friend that has a uh, house up in Swan Beach. You know, that's where the Corolla wild horses are. Yes. Our area, the Outer Banks is yes. known for its wild horses. Yes. And those horses are Spanish colonial Mustangs. So one of the wines we make is called Corolla Mustangria. Oh, we, fantastic. We have an adjoining little restaurant. It actually is a taqueria and panaderia, absolutely traditional Mexican food. And we wanted to make a sangria that kind of went along with that. But uh, the wines fantastic. we make, for instance, the drier varietals. We have two sheets of tasting notes, and we describe them as being drier on this page and sweeter on this page. Okay. But the drier wines we make don't impress people in the way that most folks think of dry wines. You know, the thing that actually is causing the prevalence of the flavor in wine is the amount of alcohol in the wine. Uh-huh. Alcohol is the volatile component, and the evaporation of the alcohol creates the aroma that you smell, and your sense of taste is mostly based on what you smell. So the wines that we make, because of the alcohol content, they're all typically around 13%, have a very fruit-forward flavor. We were talking about that earlier, about the jammy-type presence. Mm -hmm. And folks seem to react to that very favorably. So we make a Pino Grigio called Pea Island, which is down on Hatteras Island across from where we are. Mm -hmm. We make a Chardonnay. (laughs) You'll love this. We were bottling the first Chardonnay about the same time that the Osearch organization that researches the great white sharks, they were publicizing that they were doing that. And we noticed how many of them would pop up off the coast of North Carolina. So we thought, well, Chardonnay is the king of the white grapes, and that great white shark is the apex predator. So that wine became great white shard. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! That. I love I love the creativity, yeah. and it really is something. You know, my my uncle makes his own wine, but I have to tell you, I can only drink one glass. It is so potent, really potent that I it's like you know a regular. I could have a couple glasses of wine, and I'd still be coherent and everything. <laughs> Not his now. So, is the alcohol content based on? What is it based on, and, and can you sort of regulate? Yes, how? we can We can control it completely, and we have to, of course, because there are limitations for it. Now, the limitations and the classifications of wine are purely based on taxes. That's that's what it relates to. Over a certain level of alcohol, the tax rate goes up, and this is at, oh. the, at the federal and state level both. So until this year, unfortified wines, or what most people call table wines, were limited to 14% alcohol by volume. That's just been raised to 16%. Mm-hmm. Well, we, making wine from concentrate, never have a problem lacking the amount of sugar necessary to generate whatever amount of alcohol we'd want to have in it. And uh, you actually, through normal fermentation, you get alcohol uh, up to about 20% ABV, and that's perfectly legal for somebody to make something like that. Mm-hmm. And we could do it with, we, with a permit to make fortified wines. 
But what we did was we tried to get our wines up to as close to what the limit was, which originally made them somewhere in the range of 13 to 13.5%. And we're redoing the formulas a little bit now to get that extra 2% in there because it improves the flavor of the wine so much to people's perception. And the other thing it does too, the alcohol protects the wine for shelf life without having to put a lot of preservative chemicals in it because some people are sensitive to those things. Absolutely. So when I talked about the uh, the homemade apple pie and the homemade wine, what we're trying to impress upon people is you can make wines very, very natural. And if, particularly if you make them yourself, you know exactly what's in them. You don't have to worry about what kind of chemicals and things might be there. Absolutely. Well, so much fun uh, talking about wine this morning with John Rohr. He is the winemaker and partner of OBX Winery. And also his one, one of his partners, Duncan McCray. Great to have you here as well. OBXWinery.com is the website. OBXWinery.com. You can also find them on all sorts of social handles. I saw them on Facebook yesterday and you can see pictures and, and hear quotes. And there's even a video of the store. So you get to see it so much that John, that you do there, that people can enjoy now that the summer has begun unofficially or officially, if you like, on Memorial Day weekend. This is really when it all begins. People have so much to look forward to by going to OBX Winery. You're at uh, 2606 North Croatan Highway, Kill Devil Hills, and um, you have a special Roll the Dice discount, and we're going to talk about that when we come back, and uh, just more wine talk. I tell you what, this makes me want to just sit here and have a glass of it. It's it's uh, it's not fair. I think we should have done that. I'm not sure if it's legal and radio to be drinking on the air, but what the heck. Anyway, I'm Laura Smith. This is Living Life with Laura, the show that lets you connect with the experts. And uh, today we're talking wine. We'll be right back after this. Call with your questions now. 252-449-4104. More of Living Life with Laura is coming up on Beach 104 and 94.5 WCMS. Because you need someone you know and trust. Your home comfort specialist, R.A. Hoy. R.A. Hoy and Train. We promise to put you first. Did you know that we were the first heating and air dealer on the Outer Banks? And the first train independent dealer. It's hard to stop a train. And even though we've been in business for over 35 years, we promise to treat you like our first customer. You can always depend on R.A. Hoy for any heating or air conditioning repair, maintenance, installation of a new system, anything heating and cooling. And we promise to work within your budget because we understand the importance of keeping you comfortable. It's our first priority. Find out more at rahoy.com or call 252-261-2008. Ahoy and train, someone you know and trust. Beach 104 on the streets. Hey, this is Jody from Moose and Jody in the morning, broadcasting live at the ninth annual Paddle Palooza at Ocean Air Sports to, to benefit the Hatteras Island Cancer Foundation. Uh, right now, in their first race, they have 25 competitors. I was actually talking to the dad of one of the competitors, uh, the dad's Bill Miller. His son, Billy Miller, who's actually been a professional, 
paddleboarders. So, hey, there's some pretty good paddleboarders out here, but there's other events coming up later in the day. You have the one-mile downwinder, and then a little bit later, they have the five-mile downwinder. That'll be at 4 o'clock, and then you have the Sunset Social. Uh, it's right here at Ocean Air in Avon, and which is right by uh, the restaurant, which is a Poe House restaurant. They'll be doing up some wraps at high noon, so about 1 o'clock. This is a great event, and there's raffles going on, too. So there, you can't go wrong here. The sun's out. Nice breeze is blowing. It is the ninth annual Paddle Palooza at Ocean Air Sports. You know, all the proceeds will benefit the Hatteras Island Cancer Foundation, and that helps people who live here on Hatteras Island who are battling cancer at this moment. So you're doing a great thing by showing up and having fun and having a blast at the ninth annual Paddle Palooza right here at Ocean Air Sports, right by the Poe House Restaurant, where the food is phenomenal. Uh, come by, see what's going on. Uh, if you want to get into specifics, oh, we'll call it North Avon. How about that? You'll see the Beach 104 van out here. Come on by, see what's going on. Hey, at the very least, buy a raffle ticket. they got some spectacular items you can win to see what's happening. Nice breeze blowing, sun's out. And uh, check out all these paddleboards. They're having a blast out here today. This is Jody with Beach 104. Has a sunset ever taken your breath away? The Outer Banks is famous for incredible sunsets, and there's no better place to celebrate a glorious sunset than the Sugar Creek Restaurant on the Nags Head Manio Causeway. At Sugar Creek, you can watch spectacular sunsets while you enjoy the best fresh-from-the-dock seafood cooked to perfection. At Sugar Creek, you can dine right on the water. In fact, you're surrounded by water. Sugar Creek is famous for shrimp, but they've got the market covered when it comes to good local cooking for seafood, beef, or chicken. Sugar Creek has deck parties daily from 5 to 9 with music from 6 to 9 every Wednesday through Sunday. Stop by for appetizer specials at the bar from 3 to 6 and stay for dinner. There's a 20% early bird special from 4 to 5. If you'd rather have dinner at home, the Sugar Shack has seafood buckets to go. And for bigger occasions, check the Sugar Creek website for full catering information. Make plans for Sugar Creek today and enjoy the best place for great views, friendly people, and great food on the Nags Head Manio Causeway. Now with Sunday brunch from 11 to 3. Living Life with Laura continues now on Beach 104 and 94.5 WCMS. Welcome back. It's Living Life with Laura. I'm Laura Smith on a Memorial Day weekend. So happy to have such great guests today. John Rohr, winemaker and partner of OBX Winery. And also Duncan McRae is here, too, one of the partners. And it's just been so much fun talking about all you do. You're you're not just a wine shop. You're so much more. You teach people how to make wine. You give them the supplies to do it. You create exciting events. And you also hold cruises. I mean, honestly, there's not enough uh, days in the week, uh, John Rohr for, and, and uh, Duncan, for you guys to uh, really get it all done. What can people look forward to this summer at OBX Winery that you're really excited to share? Well, actually, there's a lot of events going on in our area, not just the ones function on us. We've had uh, some ideas that we'd like to expand into, and uh, one might be having some entertainment occasionally in the winery. It's a relatively small shop, but just to have a little intimate space like that, because the Rockfish Creek Winery actually operates like a wine bar as well. They're oh. younger than we are, so they stay open till 10 o'clock. <laughs> but all of the events going on here, the participants, of course, generally will find out about us through advertising and so on. There's a lot of actually marathon runs. There are fishing tournaments. There's all kinds of kiteboarding, sailing, 
paddle boarding, those types of things people get involved with. Like, And they're looking for something to do in the time between when they have events to go or perhaps something to do in the afternoon if they've been at the beach all week. So that's kind of the things that they look for places like ours to come and enjoy something and uh, learn something about the area and something about the heritage of the area. You know, sometimes I think people, when they think about making your own wine, well, it, it'll be a lot of fun. But is it, you know, is it going to be as good as something you can buy in the store? But you have now won Best of the Beach Winery four years in a row. And um, so the quality uh, with which, you know, your wine is, the, the it's quality wine. It, you said it tastes wonderful. And people can basically customize their own wine so that it fits exactly what you know they like and what it's as opposed to I mean how many times have I walked into a wine store and I'll say oh do you have this and and they'll say no so then they'll recommend something to me and I get it home and I open it up and I'm so disappointed and yet I've already spent the money and I can't finish the bottle and you know it's it's so different when you're you know with you guys you can actually you know taste the wine create it yourself and and have exactly what you want every time you get it, because there's a formula, I would imagine, obviously, for everybody's tastes, correct? That's correct, Laura. And it all boils down to when you start making the wine with the concentrate, how much water do you add to it to maintain the level of sugar that you want in the wine when it finishes? Now, there are ways to make wine sweeter or drier, and that depends on, for instance, what type of yeast you use, because different types of yeast have different alcohol tolerances. There are some that will stop working at about 14%. There are others that will go all the way up to 20%. So what we teach them, and, and we do this on-premises. It's what's called winemaking on-premises. When they want to learn how to make wines, they actually come in and work with us and use our equipment, and we take them through all of the steps. So we've already discussed with them what it is they're trying to accomplish, and we teach them the chemistry involved in that. So there is some technical chemistry involved, but a lot of it just has to boil down to sense of taste, make the wine taste like what they want it to taste like. And that's one of the things we found that was interesting about the wine industry generally, is we were curious, you know, we see so many wines that win gold medals for this, that, and the other, and we started investigating the whole process of how that happens, and recently so have some of the big commercial vineyards and wineries. But it turns out that, honestly, wine critics, to me, to most of us, are sort of like movie critics. We're probably not going to like what they like. So we right. took a different tack. We listen to our customers, and we make the wines their customers like. And when the folks come in to learn how to make their own wine, we're teaching them how to make it exactly the way they want and how to adjust it. Uh-huh. I think it's incredible. Well, I have a, a custom idea for you. I Last year, I decided I'm going to do a sort of a, a detox, a real cleanse, and I'm not going to drink so much because, you know, I know there's a lot of sugar and alcohol and things like that. So I stopped drinking, and I lost a lot of weight. And then, but I was like, but you know what? Life just isn't quite as fun without without a wonderful glass of wine. So consequently, I was wondering, is there a wine you that is less in calories but still has a great taste or is that just in doesn't exist no actually it is, it's it's very possible to make something like that in fact we have uh, some customers regular customers that own rental properties and they ask us to make wines with special labels on it welcoming them the people that are there to visit for the week that are running oh, their properties and so on what a great idea one yeah. of the requests was 
could you make me a non-alcoholic wine? And I said, well, that's kind of unusual, but yes, I can. And what they decided on was a sparkling non-alcoholic cider. Uh-huh. And so we make that for them and actually package it just like in a sh- champagne in a bottle with a wire with a seal on it and everything. So yes. the things that have the calories in them that will actually tend to make people gain or lose weight tend to be the things related specifically to the sugar. Uh-huh. Alcohol chemically cannot be stored by the body. In other words, whatever amount of alcohol somebody consumes is not going to be turned into fat. The problem with it is, though, is if you have a combination of alcohol and also sugar, like in a real sweet wine, mm-hmm. or if somebody drinks a lot of wine and then also eats a lot, <laughs> because the your body is going to burn up the alcohol for energy and it's going to store whatever you ate. So it's a compromise one way or the other, no matter what. Yeah. But obviously, wines with a lower sugar content and a lower alcohol content would be more prevalent to weight sure. loss than any other types. Well, that's one thing that I did when I quit drinking. I, I started drinking, you know, like like you said, a non-alcoholic uh, wine or beer. We have just like three minutes left. I'm, I'm a big Prosecco uh, drinker. Can you make a Prosecco variety? Well, if, when you're looking at Prosecco per se, all European wines, they're, they're just sold by a name. For instance, like Prosecco or Champagne, they're named by where they came from. I see. Not what type of wine it is, but when oh. you're talking about a sparkling white wine, using the same grapes they use there, of course we could do that. The catch is sort of though how, how much of it do we want to make because the equipment for bottling sparkling uh, liquids of any sort is very expensive. Oh. As home brewers, what we tend to do is make a still wine and put it in a keg and then carbonate it just like you do beer by pushing the carbonation into the uh, oh, wine itself. Interesting. So then you can do it and you can bottle that type thing. Or like we make hard cider, we actually make it just like beer. We make the cider, make it up, let it ferment out, and then bottle it with an additional dose of sugar, priming sugar. And when it's capped, that fermentation takes place that carbonates it. That's actually how champagne is actually made. The oh. wine is made, and then in the bottle itself, there's enough sugar that it will create the carbonation to make it sparkling. Uh-huh. And it's also what makes champagne expensive compared to other types of sparkling wine because there's a lot of handling. People have to go by by hand and twist the bottle every day in order to have all the sediment go down into the neck because when they get ready to make that finish and cork it permanently, they have to stick the neck of the bottle down into liquid nitrogen, freeze the contents of the neck, pop the cork out, which shoots out all the sediment that's settling it, then add a little bit more wine to it and cork it again real quick. My so gosh, it sounds like a ma- major science project. It well, is. I, but I'll tell you what, this sounds like really you have a, a, a wonderful paradigm of a company in OBX Winery, and it's just been such a blast talking to you both today. Thank you, Duncan McRae. Also, John Rohr of OBX Winery in the Outer Banks, uh, Croatan Hill, or excuse me, Croatan Highway, Kill Devil Hills. And um, the phone number, I'll tell everybody your phone number. I have it right here. It's 252-715-3744. Or go to obxwinery.com. Or you can find OBX Winery also on Facebook. John Rohr, thank you so much. Your success is apparent in just how brilliant and fun and uh 
obviously you're bringing to customers what they want and and that's a great glass of wine and a lot of fun either making it or drinking it thanks so much for being here today i hope you guys come back and and thanks for you know kind of getting our summer kicked off just right uh with talking about wine um all the best to all of you and thank you so much for being here today thanks for having us laura Wonderful. And again, this has been Living Life with Laura, the show that lets you lets you connect with the experts. And I really, I pray that all of you have a beautiful weekend, a beautiful, just a wonderful way to connect with your family. And also, while we remember those who have given their lives to keep this country safe and free this Memorial Day, we thank you. Our, our debt is, well, there is no way to repay it. But we thank you and we think of you. And especially this weekend, you're in our hearts, our minds, and our souls. Living Life with Laura will be back next week at 9 o'clock. Have a beautiful, safe, and uh, drink some wine (laughs) this weekend. And thank you to my previous guest also, Grant Crutchley from Atlantic Mobility. Signing off for now. Have a great day.